welcome back to Spotlight on Women in Health Ventures, the podcast powered by Thea, a nonprofit dedicated to empowering women as entrepreneurs in healthcare. Leah Shuster Beer is the founder and CEO of Alula, the radically honest resource for making cancer less lonely. On January 11th, 2018, on the cusp of her 30th birthday, six months after graduation from Warden, Leah was diagnosed with a rare form of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Taking the knowledge gained from her experience, Leah built Alula to support people, families, and friends through the entire life cycle of cancer, from diagnosis and treatment to recovery and sometimes bereavement. Prior to Alula, Leah built a career in community development and impact investing, partnering with mayors and governors across the country to create innovating financing solutions that improved community outcomes. She started her career at Goldman Sachs on the corporate currency derivatives team. In addition to receiving her MBA in entrepreneurial management from the Warden School, Leah is a proud Dartmouth alum, native Queens girl and immigrant from Baku. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so humbled to have the opportunity to hear from you in your journey building Alula. Of course, we've heard that this comes from a personal inspiration of a challenge that you had to endure and now overcome, both as a caregiver to your mother who suffered of breast cancer and also to yourself when you were diagnosed with a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We would love if you could share a little bit more of these experiences that you had to undergo and how they impacted the way that you started to rethink oncologic care. Absolutely. You're right. We often say that it's been five years of unanticipated R&D. Alula wasn't on my roadmap until my mom was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer six months into my MBA at Warden. And it's funny because I was taking all these classes at the time about verticalized communities and disruptive e-commerce. And my mom was really sitting right in front of me with this idea. She turned to me and asked why her oncologist hadn't given her a shopping list to help her prep for her upcoming mastectomy. And we knew from her previous lumpectomies that there were a number of physiological impact to her body that she was navigating through a number of products and services that we were just honestly navigating it as it came. And we were looking for a one-stop place to find out about that, to purchase that, and to help really get through treatment. And so that was sort of the kernel for Lula. At the time, though, I was so worried sick about my mom making it through her odds. And we were honestly focused on hacking through it. It wasn't until I got diagnosed a few months after she landed remission, and I was asking my family and my mom and my husband and my siblings, why aren't I getting a shopping list for all of the medical supplies that I needed at home for all the functional relief that I was purchasing for my muscle aches and for my nausea. And I felt like I had to kind of make it all up from the beginning, which sounded ludicrous to me because we know that more than one in three Americans will get cancer in their lifetime. We know that every single year, 2 million people are getting diagnosed with cancer, the same amount of people that are getting married. And look at how many products we've built for that segment of the market. And so I was really craving a way to find out what I needed as a patient. And then I was really craving a way to empower my love army, the 
friends and former coworkers and supporters who are following my journey to invest in my transportation to treatment, invest in my functional relief at home, but I didn't have a really elegant way to do that. And I was really craving a recovery registry. So two and a half years post-treatment, what I'm really proud of is that we really have productized a lot of the hacks that my mom went through and that I went through. And we know countless of patients are requiring. We have the first of its kind direct to consumer marketplace, which is anchored by a partnership with McKesson MedSurge, which is the same medical supplier that stocks most most oncology clinics across the country. We have a recovery registry that behaves just like a wedding registry or just like a baby registry. We also have a anthology called Humans of Cancer, which is a radical anthology of stories and topics that you're not having with your oncologist around body image, depression, all the lifestyle impacts to your care. And we're just getting started. So it's been totally infused with each part. I guess the piece I left out is my recent experience as a survivor. Over the last six to nine months, especially, I've been diagnosed with a number of the side effects, or I guess they're called after effects that are delineated in the disclaimer packets that you receive between surgeries or after infusions. And you sort of say, oh gosh, I can't really think about that. I just can only think about not having cancer. But now I am dealing with requiring treatment for radiation fibrosis, which is the decaying of tissue in my chest, my back where I receive radiation. I'm dealing with lymphedema, which is the blockage of fluid throughout my body since they had to pulverize my lymph nodes to treat my lymphoma. I'm in medically induced menopause at the age of 33, which has a number of hormonal associated impact to my bones and my heart and my endocrine system. And that's really just the beginning. And so where Alula is going is really building out our digital toolbox to include survivorship in a big way. And I'm extremely excited about that. Thank you so much for sharing all the difficulties that you have gone through with us and also all of the excitement that comes with being able to give back to this community. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your perspectives on being a patient and a caregiver within our healthcare system. Yeah, I mean, I think what was shocking for us is that we were receiving treatment at premier NCI level cancer centers. NCI stands for the National Cancer Institute, which really sets the standard of care across oncology. And what we very quickly learned was that it wasn't really integrative, even though they're considered integrative. And what that meant is that there was very little coaching around what life with the treatment felt like. What felt really exceptional was that we didn't really have to question, were we with the right doctor after we finally chose our doctor? Were they implementing the right plan? Um, Because we knew that that's why we went to those centers. They were extremely robust and really running the research on what the future of curative medicine for a bespoke tumor looks like. So we felt really taken care of in terms of the tumor management. What we didn't feel taken care of was the lifestyle management. And that's why here at Alula, we're focused on building the first Onco lifestyle brand in the country. And what I mean by that, it's not a typical lifestyle brand. What I want to bring attention to with this business is that, as you mentioned, cancer is becoming a, a chronic condition because we've invested trillions and trillions of dollars into pharmaceutical advance that has helped us cure all types of 
cancers, including rare ones like mine, we now have patients that are actually surviving at record rates. The five-year survival curve for a patient is, is nearly 68%, which dramatically increased since the 1970s. But what we haven't done is invested in setting up survivors for success. We have the entire industrial complex in oncology really built to support the delivery of cancer treatment. And I feel like the last 50 years, we have tried to get extremely excellent in that. What we're hoping to do is really change the calculus and getting excellent in sending patients to get through treatment, you know, with improved impact to quality of life. And then if you're fortunate enough to succeed, which the data shows the chances are that you will, at least five years out from diagnosis, how, what does that mean in terms of accessing your aftercare and how do you navigate that? And how do you find community in that? Because our tagline here at Alula is we're, we're making cancer less lonely. And that's so intentional um, because it's just one of the most isolating experiences. And we're using, you know, we're starting with our digital toolbox and our, our content and our community to really change the conversation and shed light on a piece of the journey that um, doesn't focus on getting to appointments, doesn't focus on the actual provision of medicine. It focuses on okay, what happens to your life and what happens to your body and what happens to your relationship with life and your relationship to your body as a result of the treatment. And it's really moving into a more whole person approach while really looking at the entire journey. So from, you know, your treatment plan through your treatment experience and through your survivorship experience. Would you have any words of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs in trying to serve patients and improve healthcare through a technology or solution specifically in oncology? Yeah. So before I went and quit my job and hired a world-class team to build this business, I uh, followed the advice of uh, Professor Adam Grant for Morton. In one of his novels, he tracked a number of entrepreneurs and realized that the ones that did the best sort of started working on their idea while they had another job and really tried to validate the idea with initial testing and initial MVPs and sort of started to get that traction initially. And, and that's exactly what I did at Alula. About three months after I finished treatment, I decided to bootstrap some initial prototypes with a, a product design firm here in Brooklyn that was behind Zola and Oscar and CityBlock Health. And it took my and my husband's a big chunk of our savings to do that. But I felt like I really wanted to take something to oncologists at Merle Sloan Kettering, which is where I got treated. And I wanted to ask them and patients and other people, like, would you need something like this? And that process was incredible because it really helped me, number one, build the confidence to go ahead and quit the job that I had been working for so hard pre-business school and during business school and was really my dream job until I got diagnosed with cancer. But number two, it also really helped me practice and understand our, our value proposition and understand what the team would need to look like, which really helped me narrow in on the types of people that I needed to hire. What was the sequencing of that? How much would I really need to fundraise? And I came into the fundraise process in early 2020, having some of that initial market insight, as well as just some of that product road mapping and product design. And doing that in Q4 of 2019, while I had a job and could have definitely stayed on 
um, really gave me permission to be super creative and to be really imaginative of what the possibilities are while making sure that I was building it hand in hand with the healthcare system. What's really important to me is that Alula is onco blessed and ultimately will be onco prescribed, right? We want to build a product that is working hand in hand with the delivery of care because at least specifically when in oncology, the delivery of cancer treatment is so precise down to the cytology of your tumor, the specific markers that you have or you don't have, how much your oncologist is willing to experiment with what's compliant, because that's why you have clinical trials, what your blood work looks like on a particular day or week. It's so precise. And so for me in day one, it was really always important that oncologists not just trusted our product, but desired our product. And we've been continuing to build the product hand in hand with the entire patient workflow from onco nurses to onco social workers to oncologists themselves as we've implemented the product and, and the future piece of the roadmap. And so I think that's been really exciting because it helps us unlock a larger future of impact. But more importantly, it feels like we have that blessing on day one. And, and that's what patients, when you get a, di- a cancer diagnosis, you want something that your oncologist is gonna trust and your oncologist is gonna approve. So um, that's been really important from prototyping the business to activating the business today. And I was wondering, um, you alluded to your previous job, right? Which seemed to be, I believe, in investment banking. Is that correct? I started my career at Goldman Sachs on the foreign exchange corporate derivative desk. So I kind of had an interesting half banker, half uh, salesperson job. Uh, but then I pivoted into impact investing for the next near decade after that. My job had been working with governors and mayors across the country, investing in outcomes-based financings and community health. So trying to understand how to help them budget their health and human services work with homelessness programs that are minimizing recidivism, with maternal health programs that are boosting the health of the child while boosting the health of the mom. I most recently, prior to starting Alula, incubated zero to three program that invests in cognitive development in in babies using talk therapy. So it's interesting because it's all coming in full force for Alula. At the end of the day, we really are looking to tie lifestyle decisions in oncology and in your life during cancer treatment to your clinical outcomes. And it's very important to me that long-term our business proves out that we have reduced adverse events for patients, whether it's a central line infection, whether it's reduced depression, whether it's uptake of survivorship aftercare and a background in both my investment banking days as well as my impact investing days has really helped out both structure the contracts and really prioritize the product roadmap and prioritize our North Star of what's most important. Absolutely. I can imagine that there is some crossover, right, between the different roles that you have occupied. And I was wondering if entrepreneurship was ever in your mind prior to starting Alula, or is it just your personal experience that really prompted this? It was. I actually majored in entrepreneurial management in business school, and I had sort of worked on a number of little concepts in business school. One famously was called Blouse Box, where we were working on 
removing the pink tax from dry cleaning back when people did dry cleaning <laughs> in 2017. But um, I was definitely taking classes and obsessed with podcasts, like how I built this. I didn't know that I would necessarily build a tech company, but I really dreamed of running my own impact investing fund one day. And so I was really focused on what, you know, getting those skill sets. It has definitely massively paid off, although so much of my day-to-day was not taught in business school. And I can't tell you how many times I text my roommate from business school. I'm just like, why wasn't there a class for this? (laughs) So, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. The other thing I'd say is the people that I always admired were a lot of entrepreneurs. And when I got sick, I spent a lot of time thinking about like, if you only have so many years to live, what are you upset that you never did? And for me, it really was not starting a business and cancer gave me this unbelievable permission to fail. Like cancer to me felt like the ultimate failure, even though that's so not fair, but I kind of was like, our whole society is trying not to get cancer with how you eat and what you avoid in your kitchen. And I just felt like, man, I already achieved my worst nightmare. So what could be scarier than this? And so, yeah, I think in many ways, I don't think I ever let myself fully imagine myself as a entrepreneur until I got sick. And a lot of that fear that I personally felt around failing or a lot of fear around raising capital. Are you smart enough or accomplished enough, successful enough, like ready enough to do it? Cancer sort of melted away all of those questions and just sort of said, actually, you have somehow had this unfortunate luck to be studying what cancer patients and caregivers need for years. And you have experienced cancer from the chair in the waiting room, the chemotherapy infusion chair, the radiation chamber, the bone marrow transplant room, the surgical table. Like you have been in all of these seats and all of these rooms and you are the person to build it. And that was a really cool feeling to kind of triangulate that. And I just sort of decided if I get through cancer treatment, I could get through anything else. Although being a first time founder is, is definitely hard too. It's so admirable that you were able to find this strength and almost this purpose through your personal experiences, whereas sometimes there's this feeling of hopelessness and impotence. And I think that um, leveraging it in a way that was able to fuel a desire that you already had and really go out and do it, that's so admirable. I was wondering if you could share also, how do you envision visibility and the reach of your platform as you're expanding more and more and want to make sure that as many people as possible have access to Alula. And if you could just walk us through what this almost like a marketing strategy looks like. Sure. So currently we are uh, using pretty typical direct-to-consumer acquisition strategies. So uh, we have found Dr. Google, ironically, the, the one of the pl- things we're trying to disrupt to be a massive driver of our growth. Every single day, people are Googling what cancer patients need to get through chemotherapy, what patients need to get through mastectomy, and they are landing on myalula.com, which is pretty incredible. And to see that is like so crazy full circle because I was Googling all those things when my mom was sick and when I was sick, and it's honestly really, really touching. 
What we've seen with that growth strategy alone is that we've been able to fulfill orders all, all over the country. What I'm extremely proud of is that we've served cancer patients in Mississippi, Alaska, the Carolinas, as well as Texas, California, Florida, New York. Like we've had remarkable coverage across the nation. And that's so important when you take a look at the health disparities in oncology care and you take a look at how so much oncology care is isolated in very few markets, isolated in urban counties, especially, gosh, I think it's something like 15% of Americans are more than three hours away from an oncology clinician. So it's extremely exciting. In terms of additional growth strategies, we've also done some pretty amazing in-person activations as well to really get our word out. And I think Something that I don't know how much digital health companies are paying attention to this, but it's definitely on our mind is the real digital divide and how can you get in front of patients that don't necessarily have an iPad or a laptop at home? Um, how can you get to neighborhoods that uh, where access to Internet is is impacted? And so that's something that's really on our mind for the upcoming year as well. I was also wondering about Humans of Cancer, which we alluded to earlier, where people in your community are able to share their experiences. And if you could elaborate a little bit more on that, what it means to you and what do you think that people find valuable as they land on Alula's website? Because definitely that was one of my favorite portions of it. Yeah. So Humans of Cancer is super special and it's one of our biggest drivers of community. It is a huge driver of site traffic, and it is a huge way for us to build and elevate patients' experiences who are part of our collective. I think what people love so much is that we're taking on topics that you're not going to be finding in other places, that you're not necessarily talking about with your oncologist, whether it's your weight gain that is boosted by prednisone or your fears of dying, because we know that Unfortunately, death and dying is not talked about often in the oncology appointment. We want to be the place that's taking on these unconventional conversations, which shouldn't be unconventional. They're actually super conventional to cancer patients. They're just not conventional in your 20 minutes that you have with your oncologist. And it's not because your oncologist doesn't care. It's because your oncologist is focused on delivering, you know, careful treatment that at the wrong dose could could really hurt you to you in a safe way and mitigating your adverse events. And unfortunately, with how crunched our healthcare system is, all of these lifestyle impacts and conversations don't currently have a home. And so Humans of Cancer is our first place to kind of have that home. It's executed by this woman named Margarita Bertos, who used to be the deputy editor to Ariana Huffington at Thrive Global. And Margarita has a special way of really holding space for patients and caregivers and, and what they went through. And I think the reason people love it is because they're real stories. And in a pretty quick three minute read, you kind of can encapsulate something that a fellow human is undergoing that feels so inexplicable. We're doing this series with this woman, Rachel Rabinowitz, who's a 24 year old with a terminal brain cancer diagnosis. And we're so honored that she has expressed openness and willingness to share her story on our platform. And it's just inconceivable. I think every cancer diagnosis is a little bit inconceivable. And so we're just trying to bring it down to size and make it more approachable so that 
this is kind of, again, part of our way of extending making cancer less lonely by destigmatizing these topics and making sure that future patients know that if you're having these concerns or these conversations with yourself, that actually they're not unique to you. They're, they're extremely normal. And we're really honored to be part of normalizing that. Yeah, that is very impressive. And I think that when you mentioned the honesty of the content and just the transparency, I think that's really what stood out to me. I read through several pieces and all of them express very different feelings. Some of people having a cancer that was easily treatable and therefore not feeling entitled to all of the suffering and belonging to the cancer community as much, but still having to navigate through so many difficulties, whereas other people having to deal with a terminal illness as well and how this is all falls under this big category of cancer, but there are so many nuances within it. And I was wondering if we could switch a little little bit and talk about your brand identity and Alula itself. What does it mean? Where did all of this inspiration come from? It's my favorite thing to talk about. Alula is the mechanical part of a bird's wing that aids in flight navigation, flight maintenance, and flight landing during turbulent air. And when I heard that name, I knew it was going to be the name for this company because I very much wanted to not have a brand positioning that was antagonistic to cancer. Uh, Oftentimes when you look at cancer brands across the ecosystem, you see um, brands that talk about cancer as a war to be won, to be waged. And, uh, you know, when you lose someone to cancer, oftentimes you read in the obituary, somebody lost their battle to cancer. I remember as a patient just feeling so, even the word survivor is completely an extension of that war metaphor. Um, And I just remember feeling so much pressure to sort of execute on this war and my role in it and be this like militant soldier. And I don't think that pays homage to the chronicity of the disease today, right? I'm in remission, but I am continuing my aftercare treatment. And the way the linguistics associated with the diagnosis today I don't think really have evolved yet to encapsulate the reality that cancer might be a multi-year and multi-decade thing that you deal with and you might feel lucky to deal with that, that there's so much guilt riding on patients to quote unquote win their battle with cancer. And so when I heard that the name Alula is near a bird's wing and when they're in turbulent air, they lift their Alula to make sure that they can pivot to make sure that they can continue to fly, to help them land. I was just like, oh my gosh, that is gorgeous. I then learned that airplanes actually mimicked the bird anatomy of a a Lula. And when a plane is in turbulent air, it also lifts, you know, these mechanical Alulas on their wings to, to study the plane and to continue to navigate through the turbulent air. And so I believe that's what we're doing with our digital toolbox and our community. We're looking to help patients and their caregivers study themselves during turbulent air. And we're doing that in a variety of ways. First with this uh, premier marketplace of functional relief. Second with this recovery registry that helps you and your loved ones get what you need to get through treatment. And then ultimately with this community that's grounded in humans of cancer. In terms of the actual colors, that has a lot of meaning too. Our director of design, Derek Chan, invented it and it rests on this relationship with sand, which is totally connected to the bird relationship of, you know, a flock that flies together. We were obsessed with this idea that 
how many patients during treatment really turn to nature for healing. And you're seeing that with the pandemic, it's sort of our humanistic urge to find solace in nature in larger doses when we're undergoing something very traumatic in our human world. And what we thought was really fascinating about sand is that sand by itself is sort of like a speck. You're kind of just like literally brush it off. But sand in union with other sand particles becomes sandpaper, becomes one of the most abrasive and toughest materials out there. And so we piloted some bespoke work with a Japanese Zen garden artist to kind of elevate that. And we kind of built the whole color scheme around sand to include earth and water and light and really wanting to build the sanctuary where patients can go and feel helped. And so we hope the combination of the brand and our positioning starts to change the conversation and and change this metaphor about this battle with this treatment, but instead really pay homage to the reality that you're in turbulent air for an unknown period of time and what can provide solace and community for you throughout that. I love how everything is so intentional in the way that you've built Alula, that really speaks to all the passion really that there is in you. And I imagine that also in your teammates as well. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your leadership style. Sure. So a couple of things there. I mean, I think first and foremost, I've been focusing on being um, a radically honest leader. Um, Especially during the pandemic, I have found that Sharing as much of your journey as the CEO is really important because it lets the rest of the team really understand what it's taking to build the business and uh, ride the bumps with you. And so that's been really important. And part and parcel of that has been radical transparency. I have made decisions to share elements about something like the fundraise process with my team because I believe that it aids in psychological safety and that, you know, ultimately um, it's the fair, fair thing to do. I think another element of my leadership style is really looking to see what the people around me feel because, you know, you hire a dream team that is smarter than you and you look to them for guidance. And so as often as I can, I really challenge myself to be the, the last person that speaks up in a brainstorm uh, to really be able to hear everyone and make other people heard and take all that information as I make a decision and as I provide guidance and recommendations to the team. I think it's really important to empower others and ultimately let their ideas flourish and let their contributions flourish. So really enabling that is, is important. elaborate also on your vision for the company over the next five to 10 years? What should we expect to see? Do you think about expanding into different chronic conditions? What will Alula look like? I imagine that things are going to change um, potentially um, from this plan, but we'd love to hear right now. Yeah, I believe that we are going to change the calculus and oncology to move from focusing on tumor management to really supporting survivors and setting them up for success. As 
the curative medicine continues to improve. We are curing more patients than ever, uh, but we have not built the care infrastructure to support that work. And so I anticipate that over the next five to 10 years, that will be an increasing part of Alula's roadmap. Wonderful. We're definitely really excited to see where everything will go. And I think with that, we can wrap up our conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your journey, both as a patient, as a caregiver, and also in building Alula. Definitely very exciting. And thank you so much for your time, Leah. It's so for my pleasure. Thank you. And for your guests, if you want to learn more, you could check us out at uh, www.myalula.com. Thank you all for listening. Visit us on Instagram at Thea Healthcare, on Twitter at ThiaHC, and on our website at ThiaHC.org for more content and to join our vibrant community of young professionals, entrepreneurs, investors, and thought leaders in healthcare. Special thanks to our amazing producer, Sarah Wetzler, and audio editors, Ellie Park, Asim Jane, Nikita Gupta, and Katie Donahue. If you're enjoying our content, please consider supporting Thea by visiting our website, theahc.org, to donate.